Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 20th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 100. I did it again. We are on page 101, forgive me. Third paragraph that starts, So Our Rule... And we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending at the top of 102, with work with another alcoholic instead. Reference numbers for yesterday, September 19th, 7 a.m. meeting, 10446, 10446. And yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, 10448. 10448. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Patricia M.S. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Okay, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. All right, thank you. My name is Patricia Ms., a food addict and compulsive overeater from Alabama. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, As the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. 
Thanks for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Patricia MS. Alexis H., would you please read the 12 traditions? Good morning. Is the connection clear? Clear. Thank you. This is Alexis H., compulsive of reader in Michigan, and these are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Alexis H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Excuse me. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person who is speaking, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page... 101, third paragraph, starting with, so our rule is not to avoid. Reading through two paragraphs, ending on page 102, ending with work with another alcoholic instead. And one by one, please name your, please list your name once and who would like to share on this reading. Oh, wait, stop. I'm ahead of myself. And that's without coffee. Forgive me. Leslie M., would you please read for us? <laughs> I'm so excited. That's, that's okay, Maura. Good morning, Morrissey. Thank you for your service. This is Leslie M., 
I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I needed that laugh this morning. Thank you. Uh, So our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking if we have a legitimate reason for being there. That includes bars, nightclubs, dances, receptions, weddings, even plain ordinary whoopee parties. To a person who has had experience with an alcoholic, this may seem like tempting providence, but it isn't. You will note that we have made an important qualification. Therefore, ask yourself on each occasion, have I any good social, business, or personal reason for going to this place? Or am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such places? If you answer these questions satisfactorily, you need have no apprehension. Go or stay away, whichever seems best. But be sure you are on solid spiritual ground before you start and that your motive is going, in going is thoroughly good. Do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. But if you are shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. Um, I'm Leslie M. from Long Island, New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, this reading has so much in it this morning. Um, So our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking if we have a legitimate reason for being there. And I remember um, last year, the first time I felt neutrality around food, I was at a table, everyone else was having dessert. And that was usually when I went to the bathroom was to avoid, you know, having to even look at it or anything. And I was sitting there with 15 other women, all of them having dessert, and I was just continuing my conversations. And I knew that I was, uh, you know, in a spiritually fit place and that I could actually um, go here if, that, if I had a legitimate reason for being there. Um, I'm looking forward to in the future, um, in about six weeks, I, my nephew is getting married. And it's a very exciting thing. And this will be the first time that I will be going to an event like this where I'm not um, looking to get something out of the occasion, um, not looking to have all the food, all the desserts, whatever is going to be there. You know, I'm looking to bring something to this occasion. Um, my nephew is very special to me. And, um, you know, I just want him to be happy. And I'm grateful that, um, you know, I have been asked to give, him the, to give the speech for him. You know, and that will be uh, one of the things that I could do at, on that day. And, um, you know, um, but in the end here it says, but if you are shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. And I just have to say that that has been um, my saving grace. You know, that when my uh, head gets going and, um, and I, you know, I am stuck in a resentment, excuse me, I'm stuck in a resentment. Um, if I work with, if I turn myself to somebody else that I can help, um, you know, I'm not looking at my problems anymore. I'm looking at the solution and, um, you know, it just, it changes my whole perspective and it changes the way that I see things. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie M. Okay. Let's begin. Would you please, your name want, would like Charles H. Today, Mary from Boston. Katie, 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 Katie,
Okay. All right, Who? this is who I have. I hope I got you all. I don't know if I got you in the right order, but this is what I have. Charles H., Larry K., Katie G., Melissa C., Deborah B., Matt M., and Carrie C. Tina S.? I'm sorry? Tina S.? Tina S., I'll put you on the list. Okay, we're going to stop with that. Charles H., Larry K., Katie G., Melissa C., Deborah B., Matt M., Carrie C., Tina S. Charles H., would you please start us off, Big Brother? Thank you, my good friend, Marzin. Let me tell you, she got a, you're strong, spiritually strong and physically strong. I got to tell you that. Um, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Could somebody tell Russ M. the star one? <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> um, so there's a lot in this juicy, these two juicy paragraphs. Um, this question here, have I any good social business or personal reason to go into this place? Um, so as a, you know, providing up, and I just want to say this as well, because it says work with another, if you're shaky, you better work with another alcoholic instead. The, the early pioneers, to my understanding, um, when they went on 12-step calls, they went with, you know, in twos or even threes. Um, because if if I go to McDonald's with an intention to try to um, convince somebody, that, that's that's probably not going to be too successful. I, now I'm not a, I'm not avoiding McDonald's because McDonald's is all over the world. I'm not avoiding um, plate weddings and whoopee parties and all that, providing. Because let me tell you, this weekend was a whoopee party. It was great. Now, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not, you know me. I'm so crazy, right? No, but we can't avoid places. I get that. But, I, I, it, you know, I, I, I got to really think, am I going to really save somebody going to a crack house? I don't know. Am I going to save somebody going to Kentucky telling them about Overeaters Anonymous? Am I going to convert anybody even in Overeaters Anonymous? I'm not going to convert somebody in quote-unquote meetings that don't study the big book um, to start studying the big book? No, because we've seen it in Boston. And I'm close with this. We've seen it in Boston when we were at one of the biggest meetings in the World Convention. We had people going in there saying, well, the big book is not the way. We can't convince folks. All we can do, Harlan, right, three things, recover, recover, recover. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Marzi. Thank you, Charles. Larry Kay, sir, your turn. Uh, sir, oh my goodness. Hey, Mara. How, can you hear me okay? I can, Larry. Thank uh, you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, I'm Larry Kay, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know, I, I don't know about your experience, but, but I have found that, that God's solid foundation never crumbles or caves in. And so, to a person who's on solid spiritual ground, yes, uh, we can go anywhere. We don't need to shield or isolate ourselves from anything or anyone. Of course, if, you know, if we haven't completed the practical program of action, then certainly you know, we will not have sufficient mental defense against the first bite at certain times. In other words, we, we won't be able to predict when we will be overcome by the mental obsession. So in program terms, you know, nobody needed to tell me I was now spiritually awakened. Nobody needed to convince me that the obsession of the mind was eradicated, that it was lifted, that, that, that I was recovered. 
as it says in the 10-step in the promises, it says it just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. Now, it's 100% true that there is not a place or situation in the world that I, that I have to avoid today. Do I go to a donut shop or an ice cream place these days? Generally, no, but that's merely because I wouldn't have any reason to go. But the other day, I did have reason to go, and I want to share that with you. My daughter and, and her friend, uh, they, they, they wanted to get some ice cream. And was I on shaky ground? Of course I wasn't on shaky ground. See, the problem was removed long ago by the grace of God through these steps. Now, it, it didn't bother me even a little. I didn't need to avert my gaze from the Culver sign. I didn't need to plug my nose as I walked in the place. I didn't need a, I didn't need, you know what I didn't need? I didn't need a pep talk from a sponsor before I entered Culver's. Didn't have to stop and call my sponsor out of fear. Didn't need any of that. And why is that? See, look, either the problem is removed or it isn't. It's not as though I'm, I'm getting on the line every morning and, and playing, playing pretend here. You'd see or hear right through that. We can hear recovery, can't we? We can see recovery. We can hear it. God did this on my behalf, this lifting of the obsession. I just worked the steps according to the clear instructions in a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, you can work the program any way you desire. These are only a bunch of specific suggestions. It's a simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. And what was that price? It says it meant destruction of self-centeredness. That's what these steps do. Then you can go anywhere. Until which time, yeah, you're going to be on shaky ground. So you probably should avoid these places. Get the pep talk. You won't need it once you complete the practical program of action. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. KDG, it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my friends. It's Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic, starting my timer in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I have people call me up and they're saying that they're going into the grocery store and they're just kind of taking a look at the candy bars, you know, that vicarious pleasure. Like, you know, I don't need to tempt fate today. You know, like, I've abused enough candy bars. I know what they look like. I know what they smell like. Like, I don't need to go into the candy bar shop unless I have a candy bar, unless there's a party that I've been invited to that for some reason I have, I'm, I'm being included in, and I can go, and I can go safely. But I also don't need to tempt fate. Like, you know, my family knows for the most part, KDG from Boston brings the salad and the fruit, because I don't, not because not I'm scared of it, but because that's what I enjoy eating. That's what I enjoy providing for other people. <clears throat> The other really profound line is do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. And the reason it's so profound is because my sponsor and I talked about that this morning. So there's an event and it's happening and I don't really particularly want to go. I, um, the people are not my people and I really can think of a million other things to go. But guess what? Guess what? My life partner wants to go. And so 
you know, do not think of what you, KDG, can get out of the occasion. Do not think this is like, so we make a divine shift, right? And you guys all heard that KDG from Boston is not always shifted, right? That's why I only have 24 hours, but, um, but I do shift over, right? Like when I go to places now, I can find myself getting nervous, and then I'm like, well, wait a second, God. Like help me to be of service. It was like, frankly, leading up to the weeks of the convention, I was petrified. I was petrified because socially, imagining being with 750 people is really, really scary for me. And what helped me so much is when I did the turnarounds with all of you, and I was like, oh yeah, it's not the KDG show. The Vision for You committee is not thinking about all the things that we can offer KDG. It's do not think of what you will get KDG out of the situation. What can you bring to it? Who can you help? Right? Because what do we learn? The, my problem, my main problem is allergy to the body, obsession of the mind, selfishness, self-centeredness. That is the root of my problem. My problem is if I don't want to go somewhere, I don't want to go. If I don't want to do something, I don't want to do something. But guess what? It's grow up time. And if I am asked to do something, I can go, I can put a smile on my face, I can be safe, I can be neutral, and you know what? I don't have to think about me. So praise God. Guess what, guys? I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy myself. Why? Because I'm going to see how God wants me to be of service. And that is my primary purpose, to stay abstinent, clean, do the steps, and help others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Melissa C., it is your turn, followed by Deborah B. Hi. Good morning, Mara. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, so this is what, this is like what distinguishes us from people who are just abstinent. You know, that um, I, I used to have to seriously avoid um, any place that um, people were eating what I wanted, you know, or what I was trying to not eat. And, um, and so I would either not go to those places, you know, and, um, or I would go and be really pissy, not be happy, you know. I would sit there scowling, um, and um, that is just not how I exist in the world today. I don't, no, I don't hang out um, in ice cream parlors to watch people eat ice cream, you know, to sort of tempt, you know, this incredible protection that God has given me. But I don't avoid it. So if my family needs to go there, my family wants to go there, um, I want to be with them. And and so I go as well. And, um, you know, like now the holidays are coming, um, and I'll be at family's house. And, um so like it was said before, I, I bring a salad and, you know, I used to just um, bring a salad for me, you know, talk about self-centered. I would have my salad, my little food, and, and I felt very isolated in doing that. And I didn't feel like I was bringing anything to anybody. And so instead, um, I make a beautiful salad wherever I go. Um and this way I know, like I know this isn't just about the food, but I do have to I do have to be mindful. I can't accidentally, you know, consume things that are gonna trigger my allergy. And so 
I know if I bring, you know, a beautiful salad um, and I can share it with people there, I'm giving them healthy food. Um, and that family around me can eat whatever it is that they enjoy. I can enjoy their company. And if I feel shaky, there is always someone who I can be useful to, whether it's at a family function, you know, there's somebody who's often with like a young baby who wants to be able to eat a meal. I can hold the baby for them, you know, or I can um, carry carry something for somebody who can't. Um, there's a million ways that I can be helpful. And if I can't be helpful there, then I need to uh, work with another compulsive overeater that will keep my eye on what my solution always is. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Deborah B., it's your turn, followed by Matt M. Good morning. My name is Deborah B., and I'm recovered over, compulsive overeater from Chicago. And what hit home, <clears throat> excuse me, what hit home for me is, so our rule is that not to avoid a place where there is drinking if we have legitimate reasons for being there. And when I go to my daughter's house to watch my grandchildren, there was always this cabinet there because she has young children. And the cabinet's den is always full of snacks because she has young children. That's what she gives them. And it would always give me problems. It would always call my name. Well, I went there a couple of days ago, and I didn't even realize the cabinet was there. It's like, like my higher power, which I call God. God made the cabinet invisible for a moment. didn't even bother me. didn't call my name. Then I realized it. I said, wow, that cabinet is there, and it didn't call my name. And here's the part they really got next to me where it says here, be sure you are so solid. You are so. Be sure you are on solid spiritual ground. I didn't realize I was on solid spiritual ground until after that cabinet did not call me. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to God that that cabinet, what was contained in that cabinet, did not call me. And what I learned out of that is that I continue to work the steps, continue to keep God first in my life, and then everything else will be in place. I would stay spiritually, spiritually on solid ground. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Deborah B. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Carrie C. Can you hear me, Maura? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Maura. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive here from New Jersey. Uh, yeah, um, I have to. I have to. I can't avoid certain places. I was going to my day program, my previous one, not the one I'm going to now. And they had a bunch of candy, and they had to stuff the bags. They were having like a sale, a candy sale, with other, among other things. And I really wanted to go downstairs and sell it with them, but I part of me knew that if I did that, if they let me, which they didn't let me in the first place, because they, they knew I had a food addiction, I probably would have stole some of the candy behind them because it was just I was just in a really bad place then. But I'm thinking to myself. When I get recovered, I should be able to go anywhere, whether it's a bake sale or whether it's going to a drive-thru. I should be able to go anywhere without fear of binging, without fear of losing myself in the process. And uh, I'm grateful that they said no, because sometimes I need to be told no, because I'm very stubborn. And I refuse to admit that I, that I, that I can't go certain places sometimes, because I want to show them that I can do it. That kind of attitude that comes out, like, I know what I'm doing, and I really don't. You know, I'm just another bozo on the bus. I'm nothing special. And um, I realized that for me, I have to let go of that stubbornness because I, there are some places that I really can't go right now. I can't go to certain parties right now. I can't go to certain places because I'm not in a fit, fit spiritual condition at the moment, but I will be. But right now, I have to stop testing the waters and try and test myself, like giving myself these tests like an alcoholic 
taking a fifth of vodka, putting it in front of him every day and looking at it and saying, I'm not going to drink this today. He has it there to prove how much he's not going to drink it for the day. And I'm like, that's like me putting stuff in my face or in my thought and in front of me that I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it testing myself like that. And that's not, that doesn't work that way. So I'm grateful today that I know I have to avoid certain situations and I'm willing to do it one day at a time with that. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Carrie C., it's your turn, followed by Tina S. Carrie C., star one. Yes, good morning. I'm Carrie C. in Virginia, currently recovering compulsive overeater. Um, Well, I got to the meeting a little late. I'm new to A Vision for You. I went to the convention. Uh, by the grace of God, last minute I was able to go. I didn't even know about it till about three weeks before. Um, well, I was late to this meeting, and this is the first time I've been able to um, be here live. And um, so, uh, for some reason, I thought you were doing a roll call at the beginning. So, I was in queue to speak. And I'm scared to death, and so here I am speaking. But um, I just wanted to say hello and thank you. And um, this is a big step for me, speaking in this wonderful meeting. I am very, very grateful. I'm on the member list, and I know there's a time later for that, but I welcome um, support calls. Again, this is Carrie C. from Virginia, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Carrie C. Keep coming back. Tina S., it's your turn. Thanks, Maura. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Grateful to be on the line. You know, um, what a great couple paragraphs. You know, I I totally know that I'm in the right place. Uh, And I loved what was shared, you know, um, through the process and the transformation, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous and all the 12 steps I belong to, I have been able to be in a place of neutrality, which has already been shared, you know, and when I go someplace uh, and, you know, I don't go there to see what I can get. I go there to see what I can bring to the situation. And, you know, I had many, I've had many, many occasions and I have had sponsors say, Tina, just go be a sober, abstinent member of recovery and see what you can do for others today. And that is a revelation for me that I'm thinking about you as opposed to thinking about me. And that only comes through work in the 12 steps. And, you know, I'm so grateful to be a part of this group. You know, I, and I'll say this and I'll just shut up. I had planned since February yeah, you're going to get emotional to go to the retreat, and um, I was part of Irma, so I had no electric and couldn't go. I don't even know why I'm so emotional, but, but I got to a place of, you know, I need to be here. You know, I have animals, and I didn't want to leave them with no power, and so today I can just, you know, do the next right thing. You know, there'll be another convention. I was abstinent. I, I was way out of my routine. I usually have all my meals made. That was not the occasion. And I was able to just be of service to others. And that is the good news of a transformation. And with that, I'll pass. And I'm glad I'm here. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. If you've joined us late, we are on page 101. We're reading from the third paragraph, which starts, So Our Rule. Reading through two paragraphs, and at the top of page 102 with work with another alcoholic instead. And one at a time, would you please know who would like to share? Lisa B. Danielle M. Reba B. Devorah L. B. W. Bob B. 
Lisa B. Did I hear Toby? Yes. Bobby. Harlan G. Is that Pete B? Bob B. Bob B. Wow. Harlan, I got you. Okay, I have Lisa B, Devorah S, Toby, Bob B, Harlan G. Let's go with that because I don't want to cut someone short. Lisa B, it's your turn, followed by Devorah S. Good morning. This is Lisa B, a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you so much for your service, Maura. Um, you know, it's amazing. All this time I've been listening to A Vision for You, I every day I falling in love more and more with this meeting and with all of you. I'm so grateful for my state of being recovered, and um, it's just amazing for me. I, I didn't realize I would keep wanting to come back as much as I do, um, but that just shows how much denial I was in. So what, what speaks to me in this reading is um, do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. And that reminds me um, in the directions that we read in into action and it talks about, on page 87, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. And I keep seeing, you know, each day the depths of the selfishness and self-centeredness and how pervasive it is, how deep it goes. It, it morphs into other ways of expressing itself that isn't always recognizable for me. And, you know, that is the deadly aspect of this illness, the, the subtlety of it. Um, so for me, being in self is really um, deadly. And, and um, these are directions in page 102 that says, do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. So constantly, every day, I'm given the opportunity to remember these directions that when I'm starting to think of myself, no, stop sign, turn, look to my higher power, look to be of help to others, people around me. And um, the other thing I wanted to share on is uh, the promises of being in, in neutrality in step 10. And it says that um, if tempted, we recoil as from a hot flame. Well, you know, the love of my life since I was a very young child was chocolate chip cookies. I mean, I just have always loved chocolate chip cookies. I never thought in a million years I'd be able to give up chocolate chip cookies. And when I got recovered, I'm neutral. Um, at Christmas time, our neighbors, we took their mail for them, and someone had delivered them a tin of Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookies. And there it was sitting on the banister of our stairs. And I did. I had that experience. It wasn't that I was tempted, but probably at the deep, deep layers of my being, maybe I was. But I actually experienced that sense of recoiling as from a hot flame. It wasn't that I really wanted it. It just caught me off guard. And I never thought in a million years I'd be able to surrender chocolate chip cookies. So I had that experience. And um, it's, it says we feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. And the other thing that comes to my mind is in how it works, that um, if we – oh, I don't have it in front of me, but God will keep me safe and protected if I – if I turn to him. Um, but every day, it's really about getting out of myself, thinking of what I can bring to others. When I'm going through hard times, difficult times, and it's tempting for me to do um, a deep analysis of how to get out of these problems, I need to always be looking at how can I be helpful to others. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Devorah S., it's your turn, followed by Toby W. 
Thank you so much, Maura, and everyone on the line who makes this meeting possible. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. And, um, you know, it, include, it, it lists all the places we, we avoided because we they, they list all the places to avoid, um, you know, should you, if you can't go in spiritual condition, fit to spiritual condition. And, you know, how about those are the places I avoided, I avoided when I was in the disease, you know, when I was eating. I didn't want to go anywhere. How many times I sent my husband um, to places, to social events, because I just didn't feel right and I had no nothing to wear. And everyone's going to look at me and I felt miserable and fat and disgusted with myself. And who wants to go and be with people when you feel like that? It was all about me and being self-centered and not what I can bring to the, to the occasion. And, you know, <laughs> thank you, God, today. I, you know, I am surrounded. I have a lot of family and a lot of extended family. And today I show up. You know, I have nieces and nephews who say to me, you know, they're making an occasion and, uh, 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 and you know, for their family, whatever it is, a celebration. And I go and, um, and I might have to travel over an hour to get there. You know what they say to me? Because they know that, you know, they, they know I, I follow some kind of food plan or whatever. And they see the, you know, I lost all this weight, blah, 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 all this. But they say to me, you know, Aunt Devola, you show up. You always come, and we know you don't come for the food. You're always here for us. And how beautiful that is. I'm so grateful that that's what I could do today. Um, and I do it happily, and I want to be there. And it doesn't matter. It's just that it gives me a great thrill to be able to show up and be available to my family and friends, too, in my community. Um, and um, and I don't avoid these places anymore. And I go happily. And I am able to bring something to this Um you know, whether it's a helping hand or I just a smile, um, because, you know, I was the person who, who if I ha- if I couldn't avoid going to this thing, I would sit there and be miserable and not and like, you know, wondering when looking at my watch, when is this thing going to be over? So today, you know, I'm able to, you know, live life today um, because I'm in rec- uh, because I am recovered and um, I know it's not about me, but what I can bring to the occasion. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah. Toby W., it's your turn, followed by Bob B. Thank you very much. This is Toby W. from Boston. And um, what I'm grateful for today is I am in recovery. I'm recovering I am starting the steps, and I know where I am today and have to stay where I am today. I want what I'm hearing, but I'm not there yet. And in the past, I tried to be where I wasn't, and that always got me into trouble. So I know today that I have to be careful for today of going places where it may trigger me. I know in my heart that if I continue working the steps, that that will not happen. That in the future, in the future, I will be able to go anywhere, even whoopee parties. And with that, I pass. And I thank you. 
thank you all for your recovery so that I can hear where I'm heading. I want what you have, and I pass. Thank you, Toby. Bob B., it is your turn, followed by Harlan G. Uh, this, is, this is Bob B. I'm a recovered but not cured compulsive overeater from New Jer- from uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was really uh, thrilled to be at the uh, conference uh, to meet people that I heard on the phones, and uh, it was a great experience. Um, what this paragraph reminds me is uh, I have six A's in my program, awareness, acceptance. This uh, brings me to the third A, fourth A. If I have a question about whether I'm going to a particular event, uh, I need to remember to ask my higher power before I take the action. Uh, That's in all aspects of my life. And uh, fortunately, if I, based on my where I am today, um, it's kind of automatic that I go, there's two F's in, uh, in what this paragraph brings up for me. One is food and one is fellowship. Uh, if I'm going for the food, then I shouldn't go. What I go is I go for the fellowship. How can I be of service to others? How can I enjoy the occasion um, and not think about the food? The food is not a primary issue. But if I go and I'm not in fit spiritual condition, I'm in trouble. So I'm very grateful uh for everybody who organized that convention um, and grateful for uh, the people that I met there. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Bob B. Harlan G., it is your turn. Good morning, Maura. Thanks for your service. And uh, not only Maura, but Team Wednesday, thank you for making this magnificent meeting possible. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be going to dinner at the home of a dear friend, who's in her mid-80s, and she practically raised me, especially after my own parents became very sick and died. Uh, She's as close to a mother to me as possible. And there's going to be a ton of food there that I don't eat. And I transitioned over the years. Many years ago when I would go, I would have to make announcements and make everybody understand that I don't eat blankety-blank. I don't eat donuts. I don't eat matzo balls. I don't eat this. I don't eat that. Today, because of recovery, I can be very humble about it. And I can remember that Bill Wilson tells me in his story that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. On page 70 in the big book in chapter 5, it says, if sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others we think of their needs and work for them. This takes us out of ourselves. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heart. Now, if I take the word sex out of that sentence and I put in the word macaroons or I put in the word matzo ball or I put in the word, you know, uh, whatever, whatever she's going to be serving tomorrow night, I can use that for anything. I don't have to make a spectacle of myself. I don't eat simmers. I don't eat this. No, no, no. I'm going to be sitting in a room full of Jewish people. All I have to do is turn to the one next to me and say, so how was your operation? And I'm going to be in a conversation for two and a half, three hours. But I don't have to sit and think about what I'm eating, 
and what I'm not eating, as long as I'm in fit spiritual condition, and as long as I am willing to give with no expectation of return and not to make a murder out of myself. And that just doesn't work on Jewish holidays. That works 365 days a year. And it works without ceasing. And all I need to do is keep working the steps because God and the spiritual awakening as the result of the steps is bigger than my urge for food or my urge for anything. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Um, Oh, goodness, I'm sorry. I am recovering from my laughter. Um, Okay, we are at 7.44. We have 11 minutes, so let's take uh, three people, four maybe, if everyone does two minutes. Who would like Raj to share? Raj R. Barbara E. Barbara E. Somebody after that? I have Raj R. and Barbara E. Julie M. Julie M. One Roberta more. Roberta G. Roberta G. Okay. If we all do two minutes, we can get everyone in. Raj R., would you get us started, followed by Barbara E.? Did I not hear a Roz R? Yes. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for calling on me, hearing me. Um, This is Roz R, recovered in Florida. Um, Let me just put my timer. How much? How many minutes? Two. Two, please. Okay. Um, I just uh, I'm grateful that I'm able to at least share today. Uh, I'm a little bit. overwhelmed always been uh overwhelmed since i got home from the convention and uh just beautiful beautiful time and beautiful people uh this part that we're reading today i had so much experience um in applying the recovery that i have and the neutrality that i have uh over the time that i was uh, having to go out to my daughter's in Illinois to help her out. I was there for almost three weeks and the house was filled with snack foods and not for her because she's a, she eats like I do, but for her family. And, um, it, it's, it was the first time in so long that I was able to go out there and not even, uh, be tempted or just grab something here or there. It's a wonderful thing to have the neutrality that this program offers and to be of service, to not do things, um, uh, just in, in general, to, to be with people and not have to be there because of the food, but because of what you can give to the occasion. There's so much in these words and, and so much in this meeting, and um, I know the time is short. I, I just really wanted to be able to uh, let everybody know that um, there's so much hope in this meeting. There's so much hope with these people. Um, the, the, the program that we have here on the phone is like nothing I've ever experienced. The other day when I called in and I hit the button, there were almost 400 people in here. It's amazing. Uh, so I have been given the gift of recovery and I am willing to share that with anyone. Um, I'm always open to hear from people and to give away what I've been so generously given. Now,
Thank you, Roz R. Barbara E., it is your turn, followed by Julie M. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, good. I'm starting my timer. I will talk really fast today. 22 years ago, I would not be able to go into a donut shop without buying every single donut. Today, in 2017, I can go into a donut shop, drink the coffee, not even look at the donut. 22 years ago, I would watch a soap opera after coming back from work, and I'd watch them insert a teaspoon of ice cream into their mouth and pull out the teaspoon with the same amount of ice cream. I would scream mentally, saying, eat the damn thing already. I wanted to address what was said earlier about not going into a crack house or not going into a face-to-face meeting. I go to a face-to-face meeting, and it focuses on the tools. Little by little, women started to come in who were talking about the big book, working with others, taking the steps, a spiritual experience. I did not believe, but slowly by slowly, I was willing to cast aside my prejudice and at least try I went to one of these women. I asked her to be my spiritual guide. She took me through the steps. My experience was a slow educational variety. It's been 22 years, 21 years, pardon me, of abstinence. But I needed to change my personal behaviors. I did have God revealed to me yet again over the weekend at the convention in the form of an angel as a a policeman who guided me to the Marriott when I couldn't find the road from the airport. He was wonderful. He guided me without sirens, without lights. Oh, thank you so much. Wonderful. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Julianne, it is your turn, followed by Roberta G., Good morning, this is Julie M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Netherland, Colorado. Um, This reminds me of just that this whole thing is a journey because in the beginning of of recovery, and it was slow for me. I didn't come into a vision for you straight off the bat and, you know, get recovery in two weeks or or two months. It was a long a long process. My first time through it took a couple of years going through the steps as I was guided. And I had to refrain from going to certain places or doing certain things. Um, but I don't have to anymore. And, you know, it, I think everybody has the journey that they have. And um, just remember how important it was for me to plan everything out to the nth degree. I used to take, you know, I still take a cooler in the car when I go places and I'm planned. That's different than avoiding places. I don't need to avoid places anymore. Um, There was about a year or two ago, I I needed a meeting and I live in a small town and instead of driving, um, you know, a couple hours to get to an OA meeting, I went five minutes to an AA meeting and in the middle of the table, they had a box and I, halfway through the meeting, everyone started reaching in the box and it was full of Halloween candy. And I was sitting there thinking, wow, I'm here for recovery and everyone's eating candy and I can smell it. And I thought, you know what? 
this is part of my recovery in this moment. I'm actually not attracted to the candy. I don't need it. I'm here for, because I needed a meeting, and I'm here to be of service to others in the meeting. Um, And so I'm just reminded that this is a journey, and it's a little bit different for everyone. And um, while I am neutral with food today, there was a time in my journey where I needed to avoid places, Um, but not anymore, thank God. So I always just pull God in and ask for help, and that's what always gets me through. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie M. Roberta T., it is your turn. Roberta G., star one. Roberta G., can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, wonderful. This is my first time sharing on Vision broadcast, although I have listened for months and months, and I just felt so impelled. I am still reeling from the gratitude and joy that I feel from having been at the conference this weekend. And as I listened to these words, I thought of a recent experience that I had as a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. I live near um, a creamery uh, where they make homemade ice cream, which was the one food that I thought I would never be able to give up. And people come from New York City just to go to this creamery where the cows are there and they're on the farm where they make the ice cream and the lions are there on the weekends. And it's just, it's a destination location near where I live. And I take visitors um, there whenever they come to see me. Uh, I go into that place and I look at the different flavors on the wall and my mouth doesn't water and I think, oh, isn't that an interesting name? I have no desire to put that substance into my mouth. Thank God for the neutrality I feel around my alcoholic foods at this time in my life. Thank God for the big book and the poetry that I heard as the words of the big book were read from the stage this weekend. I just feel it was God's poetry and it's God's poetry that touched me in a way that has changed my life. And I am so very grateful. Thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Roberta G. Okay, we have one minute left. Who has a 45-second share? Russ M. Please go ahead, Russ. (laughs) Good morning, Russ M. Outside of Philly, thank you, Mark, for your service. Thank you, everybody, for the convention. It was wonderful. I just know this. As I get closer to God, these situations get easier. As I work the steps... There is neutrality for me. That's how it worked out for me. And now, as a Sicilian, you know, if somebody if somebody burps or passes gas, they have a party. So I'm in it all the time. So now I can I actually can enjoy a party, enjoy the people, and help out. Really, just help out with this with the situation going on. So thank you for that quick share. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Russ M. Perfect timing. It is now 7.55.
a.m. in the morning, and Russ was our, indeed our last share. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please, whoop, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID is 10450-10450. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Stacy C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Stacy C. from Louisiana. Can you hear me? Yes, Stacy. thank you. Thank you. Page 164, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will disclose, excuse me, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.